Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This is our podcast. Un lugar donde hablaremos sobre la salud mental, cultura, como chicanas and Latina moms. La importancia de self-love, self-care, self-compassion. Y el recordatorio que somos chingonas. Y que esta es una revolución y una evolución para crear la mejor versión de nuestro ser. Because we can. Because calladitas, no more. You're listening to Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. The content is not intended to replace or substitute for any professional counseling or therapeutic advice. Les invito on YouTube. You can see this interview at Chicana and Latina Moms podcast channel on YouTube. Welcome, Chicana and Latina Moms, chingonas, en donde quiera que estén. Um, no sé a qué hora están escuchando esto, pero pues I hope you're having a great morning or great evening and a good night. <laughs> Thank you so much. I want to share that I attended the Latina Fest um, and it was amazing. If you live in California, in LA, or heck, doesn't matter where you live and you want to come out and check it out, Um, check it out. It's really nice. There's a lot of vendors, there's food, there's music, and, you know, there's guest speakers. And it was really awesome to see Dolores Huerta for the first time. I had never seen her in person. And wow, you guys, like, you know, <laughs> don't misinterpret just because está viejita, pero man, todavía tiene esa adrenalina, like that, that energy, to spread that awareness, um, you know, of community. And it is so freaking badass. Like, she's awesome. So I highly recommend for you to, you know, not just Latina Fest. That's one, because that's once a year. But there's a lot of um, festivals um, that have, like, similar vibe. And, you know, attend them. If it's with a friend, um, a, a family member, somebody, you know, I was able to invite two of my great, beautiful friends. And it was so much fun. And I honestly encourage you to check them out. Um, one day, that is my goal, to create um, something like that. I'm still, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, what would be needed. But that is on my list to do. Um, anyways, you guys, I have interviewed a very amazing chingona. Her name is Doctora Norma Reyes. And I want to tell you about her. Um, Doctora Norma Reyes is a first generation American. Both of her parents are from Mexico. Um, Dr. Reyes was the first in her family to earn a college degree. Over time, she learned how to navigate her professional career. 
This has led to her creating her own business to help empower other women in their own personal growth and development. Dr. Norma Reyes loves inspiring and supporting other women. She holds a PhD in education. Dr. Reyes has research on career and professional development. And Dr. Reyes also has a master's degree and is a licensed therapist. Dr. Reyes is also the podcast host of Manifest Your Career and owner of Manifest Your Career, LLC. Hola, Norma. Gracias por estar aquí. It is an honor to have you here for you to share your wisdom, your knowledge. I always say that that wisdom and knowledge because son diferentes and we all carry something, right, to share. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, so tell, you know, um, the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, who <laughs> Yeah. So my name is Dr. Norma Reyes. I'm a career mindset coach and I help women who are feeling stuck or lost on what to do next in their career. I'm a little different than what people can think of when they think of a career coach. Like I don't work on resumes. I don't work on interviewing skills or networking or even negotiating. What I really do is I help heal any career trauma that is going on and a lot of it is triggered from our childhood honestly but we carry that into all aspects of our life including our careers and even if we've quote unquote healed and i don't like the word healed in past tense because mm -hmm. we're always on this healing journey yes. i help them see how they are repeating some of the same patterns some of the toxic patterns that maybe started in childhood but not just in childhood, throughout life, because we focus a lot on childhood trauma, but we can have trauma even from like a week ago, from experiences that we're currently yeah. having, not just in our childhood. It just happens that it's sometimes very similar patterns that started in childhood, and we kind of keep repeating that. So I help women basically figure out what they're repeating at work so that they don't continue to take it onto the next yeah. job because so many do that, right? We run away from that toxic coworker or that toxic boss only to find ourselves in an even more toxic place. So that's what I do. And I call myself a career mindset coach. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. There's these patterns that we tend to gravitate without realizing it sometimes. So yeah. And um, I know here, you know, you're a mom, right? Tell us about, about your familia. Yeah. So I became a mom in a very non-traditional way. I became a mom at 25 um, to my biological niece, who was four and a half years old, who mm -hmm. I had also not seen in two years before that. Part of it was my sister, um, and she's unfortunately still lost to drugs and all of that. But um Anytime I would talk to her, she would just be asking me for money. And at the time I was in college finishing my bachelor's degree, I was 21 when she had her. And so for me, like I just couldn't manage her in my life. And so I just disconnected for two years. And then the next thing that I know is I'm getting a phone call. I actually 
had just started working two jobs, finished college, had two jobs and working like a day shift and a night shift because I didn't have any responsibilities. And then next thing I know, I get um, a call saying that my sister's in the hospital and they need somebody to take her daughter, my niece. And she had also been in a car accident and I hadn't seen her in two years. And I'm like, she doesn't know who I am. Um, but she's been with me since that day. And I just think back, like so many things were happening. This was back in 2009. I also had just, I was about to start my master's program in counseling. So I really wasn't prepared to become a mom, but I mean, not even a person who's pregnant nine months later, I don't know that they're necessarily ready. Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, So it was very different, especially because I had never really babysat anybody. I wouldn't have even considered myself a very maternal person. Um, And then fast forward to 2015 is when I had my first son. And then in 2019, I had my second son. Mm, nice. Yeah, you're, there's never a right time for anything, right? Siempre se parecen situaciones. And then it's like, como lo voy a hacer, but we figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at the time it was like, it, yeah, I'm like, I always look back and think like it was, it was the universe's way, God, whatever you believe in. Yeah. To get my shit together. Cause all I was doing was waking up, partying probably not eating so great and then going to work like I really wasn't doing anything even though I was starting a master's program in counseling if she hadn't come into my life I would have never gotten my shit together to buy a house when I was 27 Mm -hmm. so yeah there you go everything aligned in a very different way than you expected right so that's good yeah so how old are you now 39 Okay. And so she is 18 and will be going to college this fall. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're her angel in the nursery. You know, we call that like in therapy, that one person that rescues, you know, that one person from, you know, just, just feeling disconnected. And wow, that's, that's really awesome. Kudos to you for for taking that on and she's going to college because I'm sure she obviously grew up seeing you going to school. So for her, she's like, Oh, this is norm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's yeah. so nice. That's so, so yeah, good. definitely. I worry about the pressure she puts on herself. I'm very lax, even though um, I um, have a lot of degrees, I definitely like, you know, but I don't know if my lackness also <laughs> put more pressure on herself. Like, oh, okay. So no, yeah. And being first gen, I can totally relate to that. Like, you know, I have two master's degrees and I want to keep going to school. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, is there is that like good? Or is it like de donde viene esto? Because that's a little too extra now. I'm a little extra sometimes, I, I have to admit, but like totally get you. But because obviously, like, you know, our parents gave us opportunity to thrive and and it's freaking badass, you know, to be in that space and to know like, damn, I can do this, you know? Um, so yeah, it, we just have to obviously remind ourselves to implement self-care porque si no las hacemos, we're definitely going to be burned out and anxiety is going to be up, you know, top of mm-hmm. the roof and yeah, then we're not going to function. So, okay. So um, well, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about persistence versus resistance. 
So tell us about that because some people might say like, oh, pues, a ver, what, is that, what does that mean, right? Persistence versus resistance. So yeah. how, how would you define that? So what I, how I define persistence is actively moving forward to reach your goals. This can be taking action despite feeling uncertain about the outcome. This can be going with the flow with situations. Like for example, when I was getting my PhD, um, there's just a lot of hoops you have to jump. And I feel like that happens with any degree. Like there's courses you have to take you don't like. There's professors you have to interact with that you don't like. And you know, you just, you do it knowing that it's going to get you to where you want to go. So it's doing some things that maybe you're like, mm, I really don't want to interact with this person. I really don't want to interact with that topic or whatever it is that you are not wanting to do, but still doing it, knowing that it's going to get you to an end result, which is very different from staying in a toxic workplace. Like this, that's, I just wanted to make that clear, but yeah. it's really resisting despite the challenges that come up, which might be anything, you know, you might lose a loved one in your life and that might derail you and your thinking and your goals. Um, you might have a new baby in your life and that might, you know, cause you to derail. There's so many life events that happen to us, but we have to decide, am I going to continue persisting in my goal or am I going to allow this life situation, you know, disrupt it? Yeah where resisting is also taking action so in life we are either persisting or we are resisting and so in resisting it's not taking those steps to reach your goals which can be procrastination it can come from self-sabotage and really like you are actively if you think of yourself standing in a stream of water you either are persisting either moving forward and you can kind of just go with the river and let it go wherever it takes you or you can you know kind of paddle your way and decide where you want to go but when you are resisting you are literally like standing your ground and at times maybe even pushing back to where you need to be going and so i like to give that visual so that you can see that you have to actively be resisting to not be going towards the direction you need to go yeah that it's that's so true we're trying to fight reality mm -hmm. right sometimes and it's just like um the example that I can think of is people that say like I want to do great things in my life you could I want to have a you know obviously these big goals but in order to get there you have to like smart start small right and it's like okay well if I want to do something big but I need an income darn it I gotta work an eight to five or nine to five job <laughs> you know and then it's going to a job that probably they don't like and they're like being resistant instead of persistent, right? To be like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, give myself a time frame, give it the best that I can. This is a, a stepping stone. And, you know, it's then eventually I'll get to my goal. But the resistance is always complaining, right? Yeah. And negativity, there's always neg negative things out of everything. And we miss like being grateful for things. Or what do you think about that? Like, yeah, no, I love it. There's, it's funny, I was watching an old YouTube and I talked about that, like, mm -hmm. you know, complaining, you have to make the decision. Are you complaining to, and that's all you want? You Do you want to complain because you need to let it out? We all need to vent sometimes. Yeah. Or because you want to dwell in that. And, you know, if mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which one you want to do, if you want to complain because you want to dwell in it or you want to complain to vent, what's yeah. most important is knowing 
why you are doing it because if you are just finding yourself in this like vicious cycle of complaining but then not actively doing anything or letting it get out of your system because that's the other part too we get stuck in that loop and it happens to everyone i know it can happen to me when i find myself stuck in that loop Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to complain I mean, oh, yeah. complain about your boss, complain about whatever is going on, then actually doing something to fix your problem or just letting it out of your system. It's like mm-hmm. it, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're doing something Yeah. because we always want to be doing something. And that goes back to the persisting or the resisting mm-hmm. because they're both doing right? They're both yeah. actively doing something. Um, we as human beings want to be doing something. So complaining fulfills yeah. that doing, even if it's not productive. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We always, we're always doing something, but I think also to add, like we, why, we want to be mindful of like, okay, what is going to be the outcome of this action? Right. Cause if I find myself, okay, I complain, okay. Like the venting, but if, if we dwell, like you said on that, what is going to be the outcome out of that? It's not wanting to get up in the morning, not to be productive. Oh my God, we start snapping at the kids because it's like, oh my God, you didn't put this, you did whatever it is that they didn't do, <laughs> yeah. right? And then we start kind of like, yeah, just everything starts to affect us in, in our lives. Financially, oh, I am tired or I am or I'm bored. I'm going to go shopping and then we go to Target. <laughs> And we end up like for 200 bucks or more. And then it's like, oh my God, I feel guilty now. And then we swipe, (laughs) but then everything has a toll, right? It's crazy. It's so crazy. The outcomes of everything. Of you're making me think like I'm like I have you been in my mind this past week oh (laughs) you're not alone it's happened to me too (laughs) where it's like I (laughs) you know and then it's like oh my god so I've been more mindful of that because I'm like no like I need to calm down because you know that's one of the things that I've shared in, in my episodes um that when it came to numbing shopping was my thing and um, I don't drink smoke, but I always tell people, okay, that's okay. But still, there's other things we gravitate to yeah. not realizing it. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. Now I'm more mindful of it, but eesh, like it was stuff that I'm, it's, you know, cleansing my house. It was like, what the heck was I thinking buying this, you know? <laughs> so yeah, but I think it goes back to that complaining, right? About our lives or certain situations like you said, like job, like, or like, even like for moms that are first time moms, right. That it's like, whoa, it's so new. It's overwhelming. But do you think that for people that have found themselves, cause I know we all have been there, but people that maybe are not mindful of being in that persistence to where it's hard for them to ask for help. Right. Um, and why do you think it's hard for someone who's been resisting too too for too long maybe um why do they have like a difficult time asking for help if they know they're like sinking yeah yeah and of and of course as children of immigrants and even if your parents aren't immigrants you probably have seen them take on a lot especially women i mean it's up until recently that even thinking of like sharing household responsibilities has even been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I grew up seeing my mom do 
everything, everything. I mean, she would wake up and I wouldn't hear her complain. I mean, I might hear her go like, oh, oh you know, like because she's a little tired or something. But does she ever complain about having to do all the cooking and cleaning, mm-hmm. all the child rearing? You know, my dad definitely provided for us financially, but I mean, she was it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with a single parent, so I do not know what that feels like, yeah. but I did grow up with my mom doing everything. And so going back to when I became a parent at 25 and having to navigate one child, I was like, holy, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how my mom did it with four. Like I became to understand like, dang, my mom did a lot for us that we not only take, took Mm -hmm. for granted, but you just don't see. So that's one of the reasons why we, right? Like myself, like I could have taken that at me, like, dang, like, you know, it's hard to be a parent, but my mom did it. I could have just aligned with my mom did it and she didn't complain. And so I can't complain. But instead, I took a a new appreciation for it of like, wow, she did so much. I can't do this alone. (laughs) I was also um, starting my counseling program. So I knew I couldn't do it alone. And I and I had to navigate how to ask for help for the help that I needed, which was who's going to pick her up from school for me. And and I know that because she was my biological niece and not my actual biological child that it was a little easier for me to ask for help um, versus probably being a new mom and feeling like it was just 100% my responsibility. But it's not just your 100% responsibility. Like we thrive in community, Mm -hmm. not being alone in this. So, you know, begin to understand and appreciate that whoever you saw that did it all they did it because they loved you and perhaps there was no one else and for us there wasn't like my both my parents are immigrants and they're estranged from their family so Mm -hmm. we grew up with my parents and that's it and there was no aunts uncles cousins to help them but had there been somebody i'm sure they would have reached out and so you know rely on the sources and if you are like my parents were where they didn't have anyone and even now like i find myself with limited support as well start either creating friendships that help support you mm-hmm. or rely on community. You know, the com- there's community programs out there that can help. It's just about mm-hmm. seeking them out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, getting out of that comfort zone to say, well, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Again, and maybe I might not like many of the people there, or, I mean, cause we sometimes have this agenda in our minds, right. That like of the fear like, I don't know anybody. Well, that's, I'm sure it happened to every single one of them there that they didn't know anybody. And at some point they got to where they're at. Right. And they, they put themselves in that space. So yeah. And, and what you're talking about, like, you know, parents who immigrate to this country, like our, our parents, um, they didn't have that community, that support system. Right. Um, and if they did, you know, awesome like awesome we could have taken just one or two people that'd be like hey quédense a dormir aquí porque acaban de cruzar you know and um like those little stepping stones and at, at some extent they they figured it out so i think our parents are definitely an example of like wow they came with no sometimes some don't come with money no support con tantos miedos traumas 
man, I can't imagine. Like my mother was pregnant with me when she crossed the river. Like I can't imagine like what I even probably are dealing with now having to know, like I was in the womb when she crossed over. Like I'm still trying to like figure more things out. Cause I'm like, there must have been something, you know? Um, but you know, it shapes us and we have this resilience definitely community like you said is very important very very important um and what are some things that you have seen like in your life or maybe your your clients um when they're able to see that transition you know from like instead of resistance like in persistence what does that look like um or what do you hear often Yeah. So when I work with my clients in kind of creating, like you said, like that space, that shift Mm -hmm. is, um, it's what I call make more time Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we are one spending too much time on things that don't matter. And then two, then we're also doing things that feel like things that are obligations that we have to do. And when we start to change our language, I teach them some words. It's need to, have to, and want to. Yeah. And a lot of our need tos, we believe are, for example, taking care of our parents' needs. As you know, that's something that we all feel we need to do. But in reality, yeah. it's not a need to because the only things we need to do is feed ourselves, bathe ourselves, you know take care of ourselves, which our self-care, working out, those are all need tos. Yeah. And then have tos are everything we need to do to be able to survive, which is work, pay the bills, you know, those things. And I like to say those are things that you can pay someone else to do Mm -hmm. um, to to help people kind of just figure out where that goes. And then the want tos are helping our parents out. Yes. And when we start to change the language to I want to help my parents. I get to help my parents versus it feeling like this obligation. And it is an obligation because we decided that it's an obligation, not because anyone told us that we had to do it. You have to take ownership that that's on you and it's something you want to do and start to take pride and joy in that. Like, I know that I myself in the past used to be like, oh my gosh, I got to do all these things for my parents and blah, 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 blah. But I'm one of four. And mm-hmm. I'm the only one that does it. So is mm-hmm. it because they expected that from me, which I really don't. I mean, yes, they put that expectation, but I could have just been like my siblings and not done it. Yeah. So there is a part of me that wants to do it because I feel like it's an obligation, but we have to change yes. the language of like, it is a choice. I am doing it. And you have to have that. And begin with the awareness of where does this fall? Renitus are things that only you can do. And then have tos are things you have to do for your survival, for your well-being, mm-hmm. your kids' well-being. And then want tos are everything else. Wanting to go to Target and spend a hundred bucks. That's <laughs> that's a, a one to. <laughs> um, wanting to, you know, go uh, spend time, you know, take the kids every Sunday to go see your mom that's a want to and as soon as you begin to have that shift then you can start to see where you know you are persisting and resisting and really becoming like gaining that ownership over your own thinking and what you're like what actions it leads to yeah yeah you're right because if we put ourselves in that space of 
you know, I need to, you're resisting, right? And so it's like, also, I mean, guilt kicks in, frustration, mm -hmm. anger, because I think also what happens in our culture, maybe other cultures as well, but in Latino culture, is like, you know, we see our mothers that are just like always doing so many things and sometimes, or one of the parents is passive. And so we're like, okay. So then we start people pleasing ourselves. We don't know how to say no. And so we feel like, oh, I need to do this. But it's like, you're saying, no, we don't have to put it in your mind as need. It's also like, I want to do it. Ya como que calma el tono or like, you know, the energy itself of like, lo voy a hacer, even though I don't expect anything back. But whenever we bring in that need, there's that drag. And it's just like, hasta frustración, enojo, porque it's like, ay, no quería, dejé de hacer lo que tenía que hacer because I need to do this for, you know, and it creates such a negative yeah. impact, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I think that's where um, we want to be mindful of that story and things that we tell ourselves um, so that we don't let it contaminate our day um, or the perspective, right, of how we, I mean, use the example of helping our parents or it can be with our kids, you know, or, or a job that maybe, you know, people don't like to go to, but it's always remember we have choices, no mm -hmm. one's forcing us to be at a job we don't feel comfortable with, right? And so we have to really evaluate. I've always also um, add that anytime that we feel burned out, it's the biggest sign that we need to reset. Like we really need to reset because then we're just resisting sometimes even just new chapters and great things in our lives. We're not making space for it, right? Yeah. So, or, or what do you think? Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, definitely burnout. I've just recently started reading um, Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart. Oh, okay. And she talks about burnout and overwhelm. And she gave the example about when she was a waitress. And I'd never heard of some of the terms she mentioned. But she explained burnout to be when you basically, you can't even function anymore. You can't even make it good decisions and then overwhelmed is when you have a list of things that you need to do and you just can't figure out which one to pick first because it's a lot of competing priorities and so when you're talking about burnout um she mentions what you need to do is just take yourself out of that current situation right and sometimes we think like oh well, i don't got an hour well you don't need an hour yeah that, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like all you need is five to 10 minutes. And if you do that over time, whether it's one day or a couple of days or throughout the day, you begin to build that, that um, resilience that you need, yeah. because that's really what resiliency is. Resiliency is not going and going and getting burnt out and still going. Yeah. You're just going to end up exhausted and honestly, just not being helpful to anybody. Resilience mm -hmm. is learning how to build that energy for yourself, right? Which can be resting. Resting is so important. It's definitely something that we all need to do more without guilt because that's something else that we've learned when we see our parents doing everything, always going, always hustling, always figuring out how to make more money. Yeah. And you know, we learned that whether they said it or not, we learned that we always actively need to be doing something or else, right? Like, or so, 
Mm -hmm. like the world's gonna end if we uh if we don't yeah we have to kind of keep like you know like yeah push it through and oh because yeah sometimes people think that being productive is like doing a lot of things no you could just do one thing and still be productive too you know and eliminating that like guilt later on that it's like oh no he said nada lo que sea you know, but um, I wanted to add something like something that I personally share when I am feeling burned out and I feel like, whoa, just overwhelmed. Um, well, as a therapist, one of the things that I even share my to my clients um, is just pause, silence, take a deep breath, regulate in the nervous system. It's como si estás una carrera. Like you're just like going and going. Like you have to eventually stop, get some water <laughs> and like take a deep breath and refocus and look at your map, donde voy, ah, okay, here. So I always um, regulate my breath and I give myself like time to meditate and just hear the little pajaritos outside. That's the music of our universe, right? Los pajaritos. And and I just really try to ground um, because we definitely have to bring in something that's going to ground us, right? Because if we don't, and we're always on the go, 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 everything's going to start falling apart. Slowly and surely. Aunque lo veamos que es falling apart. Ay, it's okay, I'll figure it out tomorrow. Y mañana, y mañana. And we become very resistant in, you know, and taking charge of what is needed. But our self-care definitely is important. So um, what are some takeaways, you know, three takeaways that you can share um, to our listeners, um, you know, talking about persistence and res versus resistance? Yeah, definitely. So three things that they can do and take away from even just recognizing the first thing is just awareness. That would be my first thing. Ask yourself is what I, what I'm currently doing, persisting or resisting, because just asking ourselves that will give us the awareness that we need, but you need to be able to know to ask yourself. And I remember someone saying once, like, it's not about, who you ask is about knowing what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know what questions to ask yourself. If you are persisting or resisting, it's a simple question. Are the actions I'm doing helping me move forward or are they helping me stay where I'm at? Mm -hmm. That's a good question to ask yourself. Yeah. The second thing is asking yourself, what do I want to do about this? Because maybe you don't want to do anything. And I think it's super important to just own that own that you don't want to do anything. Now, if you do want to do something, own that too. Like I want to do something. And the third thing would be then deciding what you're going to do to move forward. If yeah. you're on the side of, I don't want to do anything, accept it, be at peace yeah. with it. So then that you can process it because it's not always about persisting. Sometimes our resistance is natural for us too you know with yeah. like you said que no nos lleve la corriente, because sometimes mm -hmm. it's not about just going because it may not be the right time for you but you have to have the awareness of where you are because when you are resisting something it may or may not be a good thing and if it is a good thing for you to be where you are currently doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good it may yeah. feel bad but you have like once you accept it and like, you know what, I am actively not going towards my goal or whatever it is that you want to do, mm -hmm. then you can process that process those feelings process where you are. And then actually what ends up happening when we process our own resistance, then we can begin to move forward. But it's not until we actually process it. Can we actually begin to move forward? Mm, 
Yeah, that's true. Because mm-hmm. we como quitamos esa pared. Mm-hmm. Like a brick yeah. at a time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then for someone who wants to do something, right? So you ask yourself, am I persisting, resisting? Mm-hmm. What is it that I want to do? Do I want to persist? Do I want to resist? Mm-hmm. And the person who wants to persist but isn't persisting, then ask yourself, what are a couple of things I can do? Write those down and then. Yeah. And then pick one. Don't overwhelm yourself and be like, I'm going to do them all because that's what we do to ourselves. And that's another way of self-sabotage too. Oh, yeah. Of trying to take on too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and it can take a few minutes throughout the day, just literally pretty much making time for it, right? Time, I always say that time is another word for love. In order for us mm-hmm. to move forward, you know, and make things better, we need time because, you know, it. it needed time for our kids to have our own personal like growth um and you know if we we don't do it no one else no one else is going to do it for us right and um yeah it takes a few just and and some people may say well you know sometimes therapies it's expensive and it's hard to find that one therapist um and me as a therapist I feel I feel bad like to know like oh my god even us as therapists we find it difficult También to find a good therapist <laughs> and affordable, you know, because también we don't make yeah. millions, <laughs> you know, and it's like, man, our system like definitely kind of sucks at some extent, but we have to figure something out, you know, but the reason I'm saying that is because if if for you, the listener have a, has a difficult time finding like a therapist or finding a way just like, you know, normal, like what you're saying is like, write it down having a piece of paper que tienes ahí en tu casa, una pluma, escribiendo, right? Like things that you want to improve. That right there is self-therapy. Like mm-hmm. just making that time to to yeah. really process and think. Because a veces se nos hace difícil procesar preguntas tan difíciles, you know? Because it takes work. Mm-hmm. But it's so doable. Yeah. Definitely is. It's simple. But, but simple doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Exactly. Because sometimes, you know, the fear of like bringing up these emotions that we have stored, but we need to bring them out because they're going to get louder with time for sure. But thank you. Thank you so much. And um, you have a podcast if you want to share about that. Yeah. So the podcast is called Manifest Your Career. It's very similar to what I talked about earlier, where, um, well, the purpose of it is and still is i was gonna say was but still is is that i wanted to share career journeys from our community because we have this like vision of what we believe a career should unfold like but in reality it's nothing like that and i really wanted to share stories of other women of color where they did their journey and it isn't what we think it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be um, that's one thing that I share there. And then I do have affirmations, meditations, and I have some solo episodes where I just share some of my knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the reason for the affirmations and the meditations is mostly because when I go try to find affirmations and meditations, they don't sound like me. They don't, you know, sometimes the voices are really like, I'm like, I don't want to listen to this person. Yeah. And so I was like, if somebody else is feeling like that, or I'm telling people to go listen to affirmations, but then they can't even find someone, like you said, a therapist, they can't even find someone that resonates with them. Um, How can I expect anyone to 
want to go do that want to go listen so i really wanted to create that as well so people could have that not saying that my voice is for everybody but you know it is for some people and yeah. they're able to take that on versus yeah. had my voice never existed out there yes um, yeah that's beautiful that's really freaking badass <laughs> it's really really awesome you're doing that because it is so true that's why you know, I started the podcast too. I couldn't find podcasts that I could relate to. And it was like, my God, like I want the Spanglish, you know, like language and mental health and cultura. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to figure it out myself. And, and that's really nice. And like you said, yeah, not everyone's going to probably like our podcast. That's still okay. But for those that do, it's like, it's for them, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, right. it's for them. And that's, that's good. So yeah, thank you, Norma, so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, many of our listeners are definitely going to take many of your tips so that they can start thinking to themselves, wait a minute, am I being persistent or resistant? <laughs> That's a really good, like, I love that because it's true. We don't want to be stuck in resistance. Let's see, ¿Qué, qué puedo hacer? you know, but thank you. Thank you again. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. So thank you, Chicana and Latina moms, chingonas. Cuídense and stay tuned for more. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina moms podcast. And also don't forget to leave a review. Gracias. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias.